Okay, Slynn Rivers here for the Pod Hacker. And Josh just flew this guy in from the UK. I'm trying to get more information about him, but I think I heard his name was Ian Moyes of Natterbox, and you can find him on LinkedIn, Ian Moyes. And I'm not exactly, I think they said something about social selling. So let's try to hear what we have going on, and, and I'll get this to you as quickly as I can. Okay, thanks. Someone driver's out. All right, Ian, thank you so much for coming to, I, I call it the lair. I mean, it it definitely it's, has a James <laughs> Bond villain vibe to it. <laughs> it's, an in, it's an interesting small room. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, hope it's not too, too small and uncomfortable here for you. But no, this is, no, we're, we're, we're good. We're good. We're, we're, we're in the, the holy of holies when it comes to uh, protection from making sure that we're not being eavesdropped upon. So uh, I apologize for all the intense security, but uh, thank you you so much for agreeing to uh, uh, allow me to fly you over uh, so that we have this. That's okay. Yeah, no, that's this good. conversation. Thank you for no, thank, thank you for having me. It's good good to be here and good to to see this environment. So uh, as interesting as it is, and I can't tell anyone about it, right? So that's great. <laughs> well, good. So the reason uh, that I, I wanted to have this uh, conversation, and again, just there's absolutely positively no way that we're being listened to because I don't think society could handle. Uh, what, what I know I'm a, the information I'm about to get. We'll, we'll decide how we can release this, uh, to society in a way that it won't disrupt civilization. Uh, cause I know it's six. Well, I, I don't want, I don't want everyone knowing it, right? I don't want ev- everyone using this because it takes more value away. <laughs> get, you know, yeah. yeah. Okay. There's, good. There's so, that part as well. So, so, so what we're going to be talking about, uh, is, uh, using authority to really drive sales activity. So I'm going to take a lot of notes here and then for the secret okay. project. Uh, and so sure. um, I'll start off by, um, you know, again, Ian, how did you kind of stumble into this? St- you know, stumbles, stumbles are a really good description of how I got into this. So having been in sales leadership for uh, quite a while, I'm sure you've uh, checked my LinkedIn profile from some of the stuff we talked about before we agreed to do th- this conversation. Um, I found it getting harder and harder, right? Running sales teams, getting, get, you know, getting, getting to the customer you want to get to. Marketing's got a job to play, sales, cold calling, all the usual techniques and stuff. But it wasn't working. It wasn't producing the results we've all seen historically. Because guess what? The buyers change. We've changed. Me and you are the buyer, right? So we buy things. We check stuff out online, whether it's going to see a movie or, funnily enough, I I was talking at an event um, uh, not so long ago, a few days ago, and talking to the audience. And, and, you know, I, I just thought on the cuff of asking, how many of you check you know, that 59 cent app, you're 59p app you're about to buy, you, you look at the star rating, right? But it costs nothing. But it's, mm-hmm. it's the, it's the market we've got into is information's at our fingertips, opinions at our fingertips. We can get all these micro data points within milliseconds with no effort. So the buyer's changed. We're the buyer, whether it's B2C, B2B. And, and I saw it getting harder. So the accident came is I was just trying to figure out how do I keep my team relevant? How do I keep us hitting target? How do we get to that prospect? How do we behave in a way that's appropriate to the buyer changing and, and that we don't become irrelevant? How do we get over the fact it's getting harder out there? So, you know, I didn't have a book that said, here's, here's the 20 steps to do it. I guess some of that's what we're going to share in confidence today, some of the little tips, yeah. et cetera. But 
it, I've, I've learned the hard way. When I speak to people and do events um, on this, I said I spoke recently, I start off with saying, do you know what? And I'll give you some book tips at the end sort of thing, but it didn't exist. I've learned the hard way so that sort of you don't have to um, by testing things, by trying things, by figuring it out without anyone saying this is the right thing to do. And it doesn't all work, and it doesn't all work all the time, even the good stuff. But you've got to stay relevant to your customer, and the customer's change. So. Illustrate for me the uh, sales environment that we're in right now, just in terms of competition for our potential client or cus- our customer's attention. Mm. Well, it used to be, uh, the, the, the simple um, change on that is it used to be we were in control of that message, right? So marketing likes to be in control of brand police, the brand, um, and what the customer sees. We don't have that anymore. There's, there's peer review sites. There's people will post online. People have a bad experience of something and post that on their own Facebook. Um, there's a whole myriad and world going on out there, out there of stuff that you can't control anymore, the message. So the customer, I remember a day when, in simple terms, you'd go contact a customer, say, you know, I want to come and talk to you about such and such. High level. Oh, that sounds interesting. You get to meet it. You talk to them, meet them. They say, well, yeah, well, tell me about you. And you'd get that opportunity at the beginning. So, well, let me lay out the land. Let me, let me, t- why don't I start by telling you what our company does, a little bit about that, a little bit about what we've done for other people like you. And da, 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 da. Do you know what? You can't do that anymore. You don't go in and say, well, this is who I am. This is my, you don't control that message. They know it already. And you may not even get to have that conversation based on what they've read and often, unfortunately, assumed because you're not in control of it. They may have, picked up something that is perhaps inaccurate or it's about your old product and not what you're talking to them about or it's about uh, another product or company that sounds like you but it's not you i've had that happen before where i've spoken to a customer oh, we don't talk. Yeah. we've got the conversation and they've just gone well we saw a demo of your product and da, 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 da. i said right and it doesn't do right okay you sure it was us and what it's turned out there's no way it was us in our technology and our product because what they're describing, it was an absolute black and white of what we do, but they believed. So if we hadn't got that conversation, and in fact, I'll, I'll tell you now, we won that client, but they could have sworn blind. We've seen your product doesn't do da, 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 da. Well, we've always done that and we're one of the best at it. This doesn't make sense. Now, if we hadn't got the conversation, their tr- belief, and to them that is correct, from what they thought they'd seen or read, it was us. Therefore, we're negated, right? So it's harder to get the first conversation. Yeah, That was a fight. That took two or three months because we thought we'd lost it. And we finally just accidentally, through using some social stuff, I got a connection, got a conversation. And then suddenly we could correct, take the corrective path. But if not, so how many times has that happened to customers, right? Where they, they can't get older someone, but the customer's already decided for right or wrong reason, you're not right for us. If you can't get the conversation, you have no control of listening. You don't get any feedback. It's a closed loop, right? You just can't reach them. That's the hard part. You, you don't get that opportunity anymore to start from a clean slate and set the scene how you want it set. The world sets the scene for you. Unless you live in a vacuum, we have no website, no one's ever heard of you, but then you've got a different challenge, right? I should say so. Uh, so, Ian, in terms of first impressions, um, if, if, you know, again, I'm ready to jot down some notes. What are some things that nearly any, and again, I'm going to throw, you know, I think entrepreneur, I think pretty much everybody 
needs to be very aware of their first impressions. Impressions mm-hmm. matter if you're online dating, uh, you know, because I think people, before they get too invested in you, they're going to do a little bit of, you know, and I'm using air quotes here, due diligence, yep. um, you know, before they well, invest they, much time. If they've got any so, sense, right, if you've seen the Catfish pro- program and movie, yeah. if they've got any sense, they, they would, because it, it, it's not that difficult to do some of this. The technology now enables you to do some real clever stuff. So, yeah, Josh, so, so Josh, you know, you made a first impression of me, right? So I walk into this little room here. You made micro decisions based on everything. We all do it. We've all be, always been trained. First impressions count. You know, from an early age, from in sales, it's always been that the handshake and 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 wear the tie or dress appropriately to the environment. If you're a designer, okay, you dress that. First impressions count. In today's world, you know, before we met like this, you knew things and asked me some pertinent questions because you had checked me out online. First impressions today are often digital. That's the problem. You don't control that first. You don't. You can't control. I'm going to a meeting tomorrow morning. Wow. I know the three people in the room. I know it's in the banking community, so perhaps I should dress appropriately, you know, suited and booted, standard, boom, 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 IBM blue type old historical thing. And, you know, I'm in control of that. Not if they decide to look me up the day before and what they find on social doesn't represent me well or it's inappropriate and they're making micro decisions now in in milliseconds right that's that's the way the human brain works you make those quick impressions of people do i like them do i think i could trust them are they my my sort of person are they going to be reliable all those things are intangibles typically as you then deal with them they form a picture based on the reality but we all make that quick decision as you described you know a dating site right or wrong People look at it and go, I don't like the look of him. Like the look of <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Depending on the picture they've chosen, someone can look fantastic because they've had all the makeup. And another picture, they look totally different, different. So even down to the picture you choose, and it's the same in business, right? If you look on LinkedIn, and I'm sure you've seen them, some people use a tr- pictures they're out drunk or uh, often oh. women use the wedding photo because it's the day they had all the makeup, professional stuff done. Mm. But you can see it's their wedding photo. It's not that they've done themselves up for it. They didn't take – they're in the wedding dress. There's a clue there, right? So <laughs> it's about thinking about if someone is going to see you and find you, what will their first impression be? What do you need it to be? And it isn't all the same for everyone, right? If you're in um, – the designing art community, you, you've got a different first impression to make than you have if you're dealing with, with, with finance and bankers because the people you're dealing with are looking for different criteria. They're making different micro judgments. Yeah. You know, so it isn't we all have to be the same. It's you have to be appropriate for the audience you're addressing. Who is your buyer? What's the persona of your buyer? And what are they going to look for in you? And what platform mm. are they going to look at is another thing. You know. It isn't all about LinkedIn. It might be Instagram, depending what your product is, depending where your audience is. Who is your buyer? And if they're going to look for you and expect to see you on Instagram and Facebook, that's where you need to look good, both your company and any individuals that they may engage with. If you've got salespeople or if it's you as the thought leader in your business, what do you look like on social? Are you credible? Because people are going to prejudge you whether you like it or not. You may disagree with me, but you're wrong because science proves it. it's nothing to do with social media. It's the way we're, we're built as humans. 
You make quick judgments of people based on what you hear, what you see, what's presented to you. You do it on everything. You do it on a movie. The advert, didn't like look at that, might be the best movie you've ever seen if you saw it. But because of what you looked at, you make a judgment. And it's not right or wrong. It's your judgment. It's your opinion. And it comes to you naturally. Most of us don't sit and scientifically measure people, right? Well, I like the photo. I give it a few points there. It just happens. It's an instant feeling. You know, just to underline this, Ian, nobody is immune from this. So you might think, well, you know, I'm just an employee and uh, I don't really need to worry about this. Or maybe this is only for entrepreneurs uh, or business owners. It's not the case. Um, We are being judged every day. uh, And those judgments are leading toward an outcome. And that outcome impacts our life. And and I think, and if we look ahead at, you know, we're just trying to imagine what, you know, what's what's happening today. Imagine how critical this is going to be five and 10 years from now. It is, I, I tell people, you know, your authority is your modern day currency. I don't think there's you know, there are very few currencies that are more valuable than your than your authority, your digital authority today. Yeah, it go, and it goes with you, right? Uh, so, so when I spoke at this event, I talked about, firstly, for your business, then I talked about I'm going to t- three things. One, for your business, well, you some tips and hints, things you need to do. One is for you, because your personal stuff goes with you wherever you are. And the other one is some actions and things you can do off the back of it to, to kick, you, kick you to do something. But it's, it's, you're right, your, your personal piece goes, if you change company, it goes with you because it's about you. You know, so you, you need to think about how do you come across. Um, and digital currency is a good way of thinking about it, right? And, and we've seen this in the extremes. You know, there's a Black Mirror episode. I don't know if you watched that, but <laughs> yeah, in the last and- series, last year, Netflix, when they picked it up, there's a, a particular episode whose name, I can't remember the name of the episode. But Nosedive. Where, Thank you. Where, where she was rated. Is that the one you're thinking of where she yeah. was rated and braided yeah. based on how she behaved in the real world? They socially rated her so everyone else could see. So suddenly, because she was rude to someone and she, she had a bad morning, her rate, those people rated her down when she was walking out of the shop. Therefore, she went somewhere else. She couldn't hire a car of a certain level because she didn't have the right niceness mm-hmm. rating. Now, that's in China, that's already happening. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to talk, spur off and bore you on that one but you know the reality is this stuff can come back on you without you having any control over you might say i don't believe well but what if someone else does what if someone else looks at they're going to employ you in a role and they look online and they find stuff you want you said dating well people tend to control whatever site they go on there's a dating site they put their profile they think they're controlling what you see but if that person searches with that picture, like you see on the program Catfish, and you've used it anywhere else, they'll find your profile on Facebook or wherever else, and they'll find more out about you. And find out, actually, you said you were a, a, a pilot in air, airlines, and you're not. You're this, and I won't say any other thing to be derogatory, but that's not what you are. You know, it, no. it's out there. You create a digital footprint on everything you do on the web, and we've all seen the data leaks and now misuse of data by social networks. You need to think, well, okay, if, if I've been honest and truthful, um, it doesn't matter, right? If, if I'm representing myself well, you're controlling your, in effect, personal brand, um, then that's fine. Or make stuff private. You know, if you want to do stuff about parties on Facebook, then make it private so only your friends can see. In which case, if I, if, if I or no one can see it, can't do any harm, right? But, but 
people tend to just be sloppy with it. Either they don't do it at all, they do it badly, or mm. they just leave everything open. So people, f- they think, well, my friends use Facebook. People shouldn't look at me on there in business if I'm going for an interview. Right. Well, well but if they can see it, they're going to. It's, no, it's human behavior. We're all nosy. We're all nosy, really. And we'll have what, what if someone has their privacy set? They, they think, oh, well, I'm just going to set privacy settings, and then there's no way an employer or anyone professionally will see some of these things that I'm only sharing with my group of friends. Yeah, but check it. You know, this always amazes me. Check it. Get someone else you know next to you at work or something. Say, could you just go to this page? Just get them to have a look and check that it works. It takes two seconds, right? But if you mm. don't check it, and people have made those mistakes, you know, and think about what you do on social, you know, because you can get it wrong. There's a big case. I don't know if, you've, if it's reached the US, there's a big case um, just happened in the UK where um, some people have done an inappropriate thing anyway and, and, and burnt a, an eff- effigy tower thing at, at Bonfire Night of, of the, the uh, tower block in London that mm. burnt down. You know, totally inappropriate. But the, 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 the thing they've done that's, cut, that's caught them out is they posted it on social. Yeah. So they're now being the, the police have been round, they've been in the public domain, who who's done it. You know, it's bad enough that bad you did it, you shouldn't have done it in the first place, very inappropriate. But it might have been amongst your group of three or four friends who were there and no one would have ever heard about it. But now it's national news headline with ministers discussing it. Should they go to prison? All this stuff. Just because they posted it on social. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I remember too, you know, we have to think of Everything we do, even if we change it, um, you know, if you had a version of it, like let's say you, you on a whim, you don't think, and you make a an, a completely inappropriate tweet. Um, you know, there's a clip from the movie The Social Network mm-hmm. where Erica tells Mark, "The internet's not written in pencil, Mark. It's it's written in ink. It's mm. permanent." Yeah, that's a good point. It, it you know, you don't know what's getting indexed. I found a site recently, and I'm struggling to tell you the name of it now, But and I didn't know it existed, but I, I was looking for something for, from a company I used to work at because it was something we'd done, and I thought, oh, that was on the website. And someone said to me, well, go here. Okay, gave me this web link. I've got it bookmarked somewhere. Put in the old website address, and that, web, that company we sold 10 years ago. And guess what? The website came back because they've archived oh. website. There's an archive of all websites, and there it was. And I could get what, what it was like, oh, my how does that work? That whole website yeah. deleted. There's a clone of it hidden away that you can access. So, you know, you need to think about how, how, how you look online, how you behave, what you do. And I, I'll, give, I'll give you a tip, right? I don't normally tell people is that there's a site, and I tested this, and I'll, t- I'll tell you the reality, it's a bit embarrassing, but called photofeeler.com. Mm. So, so, sounds a bit odd, right? And a bit inappropriate, but it's sort of what Facebook started <laughs> as, where what it does is it lets you get, people rate photos of other people oh yeah but you choose to go on there so i when i came across this by accident i don't know a a couple of years ago i put on there the photo i was using on my social profiles and people rate you you choose business or personal okay business and people rate you on things like competency whether you're likable and you're influential or not based on purely a photo nothing else so you get what's that photo does a first impression and I got interesting ratings. So, for example, competency-wise, I got a 45% rating. It's not good, right? Yeah. Um, and I thought it was quite a professional photo. So I, cho- I picked another one I had, put that on. I'll tell you the difference in a second. And on that photo, 
I then got a, 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 a it was an 88% competency rating, nearly double. The only difference between the two photos is I had glasses on. It was a wow. press, it was a press photo we'd done exactly the same background. I'd angle my head maybe a bit different because I moved right, but but you look at the two photos, it's the only same tie, everything. They took the photo two minutes later, three glasses are on, they took a different one. And I every single rating across the three criteria was massive increase. Yeah. But guess what? You look well, at my social profiles now. And I'm sure you may have not even noticed this, but I've got glasses and every pic I you know what? It told me something. Yeah. So there's an well, you know, I, you that's that's a well-known thing uh, in court is that uh, defense attorneys will have their client wear glasses. Oh, really? I, I serve jury duty, and sure enough, uh, the guy and I. You know, it's funny when I learned this, I thought, you know what, the guy did wear glasses, and you know, as a result, I thought of him in a different context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people who wear glasses are more trustworthy. <laughs> well, that that showed it, right? I, I'm. I'm double i'm twice as competent if i wear my glasses so if you ever see pictures of me in social now i always submit the one with me in glasses purely because of that it was like well the audience has told me because they had nothing else else to go on right all they had is a photo so they don't know who i am what my back anything no nothing apart from a comparison of photo and that's fantastic so different so there's there's a little tip you can kind of look at later yeah, for sure. I'm, I've, I've got the tab up. I'll, I'll submit my photos. And I, I almost feel like I'm submitting to like, you know, am I hot or not? It, it, you know, it, <laughs> I'm a little insecure, like to be honest with you. But, but it's, it's a valuable, simple thing to do for free. Yeah. And, and why not? Yeah, no, no kidding. That's great. And it looks and it's free. Yeah. Um, so um, let's talk about bios, because uh, yeah. I think this is in, in our experience uh, as you know, with Up My Influence, we do a lot of work in, in helping people increase their uh, digital influence and authority. Okay. Okay. And uh, that's one thing. So we have copywriters. We specialize in this. Hmm. And uh, I, I would say it's like 95 plus percent of people have really some I'll, I'll say opportunities to yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. improve their presence uh, in, in having a much better written bio. And I think it can really blaze a lot of trails for you. What 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 do you normally advise on that? Uh, I totally agree. You're too close to it yourself, right? So I, as you know, I sit on the board of a social selling company and, and so they've kindly gone through, I haven't had gone through all their note shit, but they, I've had them have a look at my bios and said, be as harsh as you can. And I've, I've got a warning on the mail that one of them sent me of, uh, don't take it personally. So I've, I've hesitated doing it till I've got time to sit down properly, go through their notes based on it might give me some work to do. But you're too close to your own stuff. And I am as well, mm. right? And I've done this for a long time. Do you know what I do? I, I take advice of anyone else, like the photo thing. You don't want your mate doing it because they're too close to you. You don't yeah. want your marketing team doing it because they they know you, um, and they're immediately you you've got to have a neutral view of it. It's like a proofreader, right? Get someone and other to look at it and go, "That's good or that's bad." Not your partner. And I often see this on things like I don't know if you, you yeah, I, I think I've Shark Tank here, right? My, in the UK, we've got Dragon's Den where inventors will come on and say, "How did you test it?" And go, well, you know, I've had fantastic feedback from who from. My friends, my family. Mm, no. They've got a bit of a bias, right? You need an independent test group um, for any of this stuff. So the fact you do that for people is great. You know, it, it's it's critical. The photo thing, anything that people view you on, 
it's marginal things, right? It may not be a big thing. You think, well, that's phrased slightly differently or that's more succinct or that's clearer. But if someone looks at everything about you and do you want them coming out going, they're so credit. I want them going, this is credit. This person from first impressions, I get a, I get a feeling I could trust them. I could deal with them. They'd be reliable, um, credible, knowledgeable, all that stuff. How do you get that yeah. across? I want them, you want the highest of high. What you don't want them doing for sure is coming away going, I don't think I'd want to deal with them. And it's not because <laughs> you're a bad person. It's because the impression you've given them has put them in that box. Well, you want to be as high up that s- scale as you can, right? Because you haven't put obstacles in the way. You, if, if you're going for a job and they look at stuff and they, okay, it's misspelled. Or mm. straight away, it might be a genuine accident and 99.9% of the time you spell correctly, but they don't know that. They're judging by what they have access to and what they've found. And unfortunately, quite often they'll find the bit you don't want them to see. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, it's 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 really almost, well, I don't say worthless, but, you know, it's, you know, if you are trying to get first impressions from people that are your friends, they've already made their first impressions. Yeah. You know, chances are, you know, they like you or there's something, you know, they, they've already developed opinions about you. <laughs> and, yeah. and they know you for uh, real, right? The people who look at you on social, typically the first touch is they don't know you for real. So if you yeah. say, is, that, is that picture good? Well, they'll go, yeah, you look good in that because they know what you look like in the real world. Mm. They, they can't unbiased that. They can't unlearn and unknow what they know. It's like in a court case, you use the court example, is um, you hear some evidence, they say, oh, the, and the judge says, strike that, you didn't hear that. <laughs> Whatever you oh, say, yeah. <laughs> that is in them. They've heard it. That is going to sway their decision, no matter how hard they say we didn't. We didn't take that into consideration. It's in the back of their mind. It's in. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't take it. So you can't ask people who've got the in. They've got that stuff. You can't. They can't unthink it. Try and get you know you guys doing stuff for photo. You're something like photo feeder where you get a consensus of people that don't know you. Make it the best it can be, and it's typically low and marginal cost right you're not going to charge them 10 million dollars to do something it's all affordable but you you got to think about what's the tangible benefit well, what if you get a better job but you wouldn't have got interviewed if you haven't been there it doesn't get you the job but it helped get you to the interview and then the rest was on your shoulders in sales for me it's all about keeping us at the table in whatever way shape or form not putting a negative in there that we don't get the chance or we're on a back foot without even knowing it Hmm. Ian, when you speak, I know you talk about marginal gains. Mm. Um, can can you kind of go into that a little bit? Yeah, it, it's something, and I, I didn't get taught this and know it was called that originally, but it was about, you know, in sales, in, let's talk social around sales. And when I present, I often say, about, if you think I'm going to give you the golden key, I'm going to give you something I'm going to tell you now that will change your world, and you do it, and suddenly your pipeline's filled with stuff and all the problems have gone, you're going to be really disappointed because there isn't one. This mm. is about can you do lots of small things better and they accumulate into an outcome. Now, that might be um, you want to be seen uh, – you, you want to get into the influence of it. You want to find people who can influence your customer, that your customer today listens to. So you want to get them to engage with you. Well, you can't do that unless you've already got an incredible buyer and you're someone like Tony Robbins or someone famous who can just reach out and they're going to go, oh, yeah, I want to talk to you. You can't do that just by reach out and say, could you do this for me? Right? You can't shortcut it. So the marginal gains is about 
doing lots of little things that lead to the outcome you want, the big outcome you want. So lots of small things getting you to it. Um, and that might be, how do I increase the pipe slightly? How do I shorten my um, uh, momentum of the sale? The, you know, the length of the sale, move the average sale value up a little bit. So, you know, when I, when I look at improving things, it's how do I get a small improvement on all of these things, the average sales value? Um, can we bring them in slightly quicker? Can we have a slightly higher win rate? Can I improve all of those by a, 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 an achievable amount? When you look at social, can I do the same, right? Don't say, well, we've got this many followers. We want to have, uh, we've got a thousand followers. We want to have a gazillion followers in a month. Well, how are you going to do that? Unless you're launching something that's going to take Apple on, it's not going to happen. Um, so how do I marginally gain? How do I do lots of other things that start to culminate in us being more visible, more people following, sharing our content, engaging with us, um, our credibility, our thought leadership, boom, boom, boom. And that's lots of small things, right? Like um, write the right sort of content, make it non-promotional, don't gate it, be thought leadership, um, follow, create a Twitter list, you know, follow the thought leaders that influence your customers. If you know who your buyer persona is, well, who influences them? So mm. if you're in fashion, it might be the Kardashians, right? That'd be your goal at the top. Okay, come down from there. Is there a fashion blogger in your territory um, that may influence the magazines? That if they write something about you or share some of your content, who, and, and mark all those out, right? It might be inf social influencers. It might be bloggers. It might be publications. It might, whatever it is, map them out. Who does, does my key buyer persona? Who does the majority? If you, you'll have multiple buyer personas, but if 80% of my buyers are of this type and this age segment and this type, what platform do they listen on? Well, because we're a graphical and we do designer furniture, it might be Instagram. Because we are a very a technology company as I'm in, it's probably going to be LinkedIn and Twitter. Pick the platform where your audience is, your buyer persona is, and then look within that, who are the influencers in your mm. sphere, whatever your business is, B2C, B2B, what product service, who are those influencers in that category on that platform? Right. How do I work towards a plan that I would love them all to share my content and say we're fantastic and da-da-da-da? So how do I get to that? And you work backwards from that into lots of small things. So, for example, follow them. Add them to a, let's say it's on Twitter, a Twitter list that says yep. top, influ top influential fashion bloggers, top um, cloud influencers, whatever. Something flattering because they're going to see you've added them. Add them. Yep. Start following them. Like their content. Share some of their content to your audience. Right. Get, the key is get them to notice you, but from small things. Don't go in like a bull in a china shop. It's nurturing. Marketing should know that term, right? It's all about nurturing to the point of perfect world for me is they invite me. They, they, I, the ICA, they followed me, which shows actually they liked. Now this comes back to the bio piece, right? So if they notice you doing stuff, they might have a quick look. at Who's, who's this guy or gal that's starting to engage with me and just shared that for me? And they might have a look. And they might, if they look at you and first impressions can't go, I like what they're doing. Oh, that's mm. interesting. Some of their content might be interesting. Yeah, I like that. I'll follow them. Right now, they're going to see your content in their feed organically. Now you might get the excuse to share something, look at what they share, and think, okay, they share lots of stuff about this particular angle or topic. Either comment on it if you've got good insight to add or you've got your own article to say, I love what you said about that. We released a, a study on that recently. It might be of interest to you. Or 
if you've got something that's really relevant to their audience and, and matches what the sort of stuff they talk about, share your piece of unique content and include them in the share. People get too uptight about it. Oh, I couldn't do that. It's rude. No, it's not. <laughs> what you want is them to see it and share it, right? And if they're already that's following right. you, they've sort of given you permission, right? Share it. And you'll be surprised. I get stuff where people then share it on and I've built relate. So it, now when I present stuff like this, I show some slides where I say, look, that's happened. And here's lots of people where I met through doing that. And then they followed me. And then we got talking a little bit and they shared something of mine. And over time, we sort of became social mates. And guess what? And here's a load of pictures of me meeting that top book author, that uh, TV person, this, 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 this. But it was all nurtured. It didn't go from zero to hero. It was lots of small things. And it doesn't happen every time. But I've got a, a raft of photos of all these people I've met in person. I've turned it into a real world engagement. And it just started from a few likes and shares. Mm. And now they'll, they'll even co-author stuff with me, right? Or I'll do something and ask them, could you share this with the audience? Because, you know, don't tell people that, but sometimes us influencers ask others to do it because we scratch each other's backs. If it's good content that's relevant to my audience and someone in cloud or talking about social selling, ping someone going, what do you think of this? Would you, would you mind pushing it and retweeting it to your audience for me? Rather than hope I do it, they ask me to do it with a direct message. And if it's okay, yeah, because yeah. at some point I'm going to ask them to do the same. Yeah. So there's a lot of that back scratching goes on that people don't yeah. see, right? But don't, I don't want everyone to know that, but there's a, there's a little bit of insight for you. Yeah. I, I mean, this is what we've learned about influencers is influencers help other influencers yeah. and they do joint collaborations. Yeah. They do it because it works. They each have, you know, they each have um, social proof. They have a respected audience or an audience that respects them. Yeah. So they know, Hey, if I do something for your audience, you do something for my audience, everybody wins. And that's the norm. And so and our audiences might start to follow the other person, right? I don't, if someone unfollowing me follows a cloud influencer in Australia, who I know particularly well, one or two over there, it doesn't negate right. me. They don't stop following me. So, and vice versa, maybe some of their followers. So it rubs off, right? So there's this little community. So, you've, so often I get invited by vendors to come along as a social influencer at some event or whatever. And I'll bump into another one there. And, and it's always interesting to me where the, the, the vendors set it all up says oh do you know each other and we're like mates they're like oh and they didn't realize we probably know each other because we bumped into mm. each other so many times on social but we bumped into each other at events that there's a whole raft of us we bump into each other all the time and it's like oh didn't know you were coming to-. and usually we find out the other person's going to be there in the morning when you look at your social feed and you're sharing going to be at this event today da-da-da, and you see their tweet saying yeah. the same and suddenly you realize oh where are you today direct message oh i'm over that side oh Catch up coffee. So Ian, very specifically, I'd, I'd really love to get your ideas on how authority works into a sales cadence, uh, both mm. maybe before a meeting, after a meeting, uh, up until the sale, and then and then even after a sale. All right, so I, I, I'll give you a few tips. I give my guys and yeah. when I train on this. So, and, and there's lots of again, lots of little things. Right, there's not this big thing. So. Do your research, right? And, and, and I test people on this, and, and I've got a, a, an interesting study is when I present and I put up, here's a profile of a customer. It's a public profile, so nothing confidential. Of, there's something on there that gives you a big clue how to engage with this person. Um, what is it? And I'd say 90% out of 100 miss it. 
And it's blatant on the screen because you don't look carefully enough. And, it, and I call that being a bit Sherlock. Don't be Lestrade, who misses all the clues and makes an assumption. Be granular. Spot things and make l- links between things. And that can be things such as I always, whenever one of my sales guys comes to me or girls and says, well, we want to do this, we're going to do this meeting, or I've got this challenge, or this work, whatever, about any cus- prospective customer, first thing I ask them is, Who, who's the people? Uh, okay, this, um, okay, let's find them on LinkedIn. First thing I go to is, I want to see them on social. I want to find out, first thing I look at is, do I know anyone who knows them? Do I, by accident, used to work with maybe the person themselves, right, if, if, if you're really lucky, or um, is there someone connected to them as a first connection who I know incredibly well, and then I can reach out to them and say, how well do you know them? Oh, I went to college with them. I've known them. I used to share a flat with them. Oh, my God. Gold mine, right? Because if you've got someone that can reference them now, so it's lots of these little things, but you've got got to have the cadence to do the research and find the clue to figure out how to use them. It could be the sales guy. You know, I've got quite a good profile. I've worked hard in the cloud sector and in social selling. So if they're talking to a customer in my environment where, oh, they're having a chat with the sales director, do you think there's any similarity between my experiences, some of my expertise, some of the profile and things I speak at, and that guy or girl? Well, yeah, because we do the same job. So there's an angle there. Hmm. Let's play that. Perhaps you can go to them. And you leverage that. I sit on the board of a GDPR company. So when that comes up, I often say to my guys, well, actually, share my profile, that it's exec bridging, as it's known at in sales. But why don't you say to them, actually, it's really interesting you're asking about that because my director sits on the board separately of a GDPR company and he's pretty knowledgeable and speaks at events on it. Mm. Maybe I should hook you up to have a conversation with him. might be some other value for you just to have a chat. So it's not me pitching. It's trying to give them some value. Yeah. And there's context around it, right? And I've done that before where I've been on the board of a charity and I've leveraged that in the discussion because someone's at a, you're trying to find some human connection. And the great thing is the, the information's typically quite often out there in the public domain, but it doesn't slap you in the, nothing does the work for you, right? Maybe one day we'll have an AI engine that says, I'm trying to talk to this person and it comes up and says, here's four things. It works it all out for you, right? But today I've not found anything that does that. So it's, You've got to be a bit Sherlock and then figure out how do you use that information both to get to someone in the first place in a, in a credible um, and authentic way, but also during the process that you describe, what can you leverage? You know, if you're execs in your business and I often say to people, think about, it, have they got a good profile on, on social? Because if they haven't, you can't leverage it, right? Because you, you can tell them, oh, they're an expert in this, but you, wouldn't it be nicer to send them a link with a blog they'd written or where they were speaking at an event as a keynote speaker on that subject, suddenly the customer's interest was, oh, actually, I'd like to talk to them. You're using personal bio and value now as part of the sales engagement, not just we got something to sell you. I love it. Um, Ian, is there a quick way uh, to kind of gauge our own level of authority. It's uh, obviously clout is no more, um, but mm. is there is there anything else that we can say, well, you know, I'm probably at a C plus right now. I mean, is, are there any tests that we can? Yeah, it, it, it is. It's so, so interesting you mentioned clout, right? So, you know, right, clout used to be a great platform and it took feeds from all the social engines and it rated them using all these algorithms, but a ton of money was poured into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it just shut down 
I don't know, I can't remember if it was this year or last year, but quite quickly, virtually in a few weeks' time, it would be gone. Um, and it gave people a score so you could gauge, at least gauge self in, inwardly, how you're doing. Um, and, you know, in, in certain subjects I speak on, I was I, I blips where I was number one globally, mm-hmm. which is a nice thing, but it, it also helps you if you suddenly drop, what, what have I done differently? There's CRED, which is still out there, and there's a new one that's appeared called SCORE, S-K-O-R-R, right? Um, and that's only as an app. It's not a website. You, you load an app on your phone. It does it all via the app. The problem some of these have got now is because of GDPR, General Data Protection Regulation piece that came in, particularly in Europe, all these companies and, and Cambridge Analytica with Facebook and what's happened, a lot of the feeds that these engines need to take data points from um, the social engines are shut down or they're limited. So if they can't get the data feed of how well is your posts on Facebook done, how much engagement have they had, how much reach have they had, if, not, if they can't get the data out of that platform into a common central platform, it limits what they can do. Right, And that's the problem credit and score are having right now. Um, and then if for a business, though, there's, there's companies out there like Brandwatch, and there's a ton mm. of those out there who specialize in this, and they have their own, their own tools and engines which analyze all the traffic on the internet of how are you doing as a brand against a competitor? How much voice have you got? How many shares and how much importance of those shares? Did you, did you get, yeah, you got 50 shares last week, but the reach of them was they were from no, nobody's. And your competitor got shares from Richard Branson or, yeah. you know, you know Mark Zuckerberg or whatever. Or um, so you know they they can measure that, but it's hard. The honest answer is, gauging how you're doing is hard, and, and it's not just about followers; it's about the quality of them. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's nice to have just a clear metric that says I'm doing better. There's tools you can find. There's analytics tools for Twitter and Facebook and social which will measure your own data because you can, of course, grant access to your own profile a little bit and get some data in it. Um, and there's a ton of them out there. Um, and, and they vary in how much they cost. Some are quite cheap. Some are quite expensive. Yeah. Uh, and the data they get. But I, absolutely it's worth using them to have some gauge. Are you progressing? But it, but it, the honest answer is it's not easy now because of, the, because of what GDPR has done. It's made everyone very sensitive to any data they externally share with any of these platforms. Yeah. Ian, I, so, yeah. I hear the helicopter uh, blades whirring up above us, so <laughs> okay. we need to get yeah, I wonder what that was. to a reading where uh, you're, you're a world-renowned speaker on this subject. So I really do appreciate you taking some time, and I, I have copious notes. Uh, I promise that uh, this information will, will release this into the world appropriately. Cool. Um, Thanks, Josh. Yeah, because if everyone were doing that. this, uh, it would be anarchy. Uh, so now, it might make my job harder, right? Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ian, thank you so much. I, you know, I think it's pretty cool. You're your sales director at Natterbox, but you're you're a thought leader uh, on this in the space. I, pr- I appreciate your thought for that. That's that's nice. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Ian. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, guys, that's all I got this time around. I'm going to be sending more out to you guys on the internet as I can get it, as as Josh does more interviews. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast and and don't tell Josh what I'm doing. If you know Josh, don't tell Josh. Don't rat me out, okay? Um, But uh, but in the meanwhile, if you want to spy on Josh too, he's got a website, upmyinfluence.com. 
and, and you can you can find him there too because because he's posting these things for real you, you guys are getting like weeks before him so so again don't tell josh pot hacker out